Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for episode four, Greatness Leaves Clues. If you enjoy, please hit that subscribe button. Much of what we seek is required in an instant. Often we love the idea of being elite or world-class, yet shy away from the actual work. People are rarely just born into being tops of their fields, yet many, from the comfort of their couch, look at the end result of years of labour and think it's just God-given talent and impossible to achieve. Habits connect with our emotions. So are you setting yourself up for greatness or just wishing for the magic to happen? Let's get into the show and discuss. Welcome. Sean, how are you? How's your world? Just moved into the new house. I can see a new background for us. Uh, how's the coaching business? Tell us what what's news. Uh, well, news is honestly like yes, it was a hard day. It was a, it was a challenging week. Uh, you know, I had to get the old place ready for for, for new renters, and uh, you know, I had to renovate the floors and, and get this thing ready for uh, you know a uh, a toddler and and a, and a newborn to come. So. It's uh, it's been a week, uh, you know, still in boxes, but um, you know, more space now. Grateful to be here. Always grateful to be here. Uh, had to put you know coaching business on pause for you know a couple of weeks to just focus on getting all of this done. But you know, back in and now, happy to be sitting here with you, my friend. Uh, yeah, thank you for asking. But uh, but you like you know bigger question, no pun intended. Is your your any day now? I know I'm asking you this like the start of every show, but like we're, we're actually any day now, right? Like any day you're gonna have a daughter. We are any day she's technically due in eight days. Um, I get the feeling that she'll either come early or we might need to go in and and um, and have her come a little bit early. So we've had some some kind of ups and downs and some challenges. Nothing too too dramatic by any stretch of the imagination when you have perspective of of many other things. But yeah, we're not too far off having little baby girl arrive and joining our our very small family. Um, so it's been. It's been wild. It's been a wild couple of weeks. Um, yeah, some mm. emotional kind of stuff along the way too, but it's been good. Yeah, you've been busy. You probably couldn't have had a busier month leading up either, could you? No, it, it's been an incredible month, to be quite honest. I've had the opportunity to – I spoke at a big event the other week, an online event. Um, so that was really good. You know, I really enjoyed that. The coaching business has been – like this, this has been the biggest month that I've had, which has been great. I really enjoyed it and then you know it just everything always throws a challenge but you just kind of go through it and go okay here we are and, and off we go but but life is good i cannot complain for one moment not one um but let's let's kind of roll into it because i'm really mindful that last time we did a show it was it was a hour plus so let's let's kind of keep rolling and so let's get into this which is just some some content we love from people that have you know inspired us or maybe even shaped shaped who we are and what we do. And, and you've got something from, you know, David Goggins, ex-Navy SEAL, incredible, incredible man when you look at the athletic accomplishments that he does. If people aren't familiar with David Goggins, check it out. Um, and there is this line that says, every imaginable reason to fail in life turns into quite possibly the hardest man on earth. Like he had an incredible, incredible story. So, so talk to us. Why does this resonate so much with you? Yeah, well, I'm not going to, I mean, his information is findable everywhere. So, you know, we're not going to spend this podcast talking just about David Goggins and telling his story, but 
Cole's notes, shortest that I can give it is, you know, African-American man, uh, you know, grew up with, uh, you know, a, a father that was abusive, uh, you know, bro- broken home. Um, you know, the, the, the demographics of like the, the statistics that, that usually leads to failure, right? It, it doesn't lead to like a multimillionaire, potentially fittest man on earth, mm-hmm. uh, ultimate perseverer, right? Um, but, you know, in, in terms of greatness leads clues, right? Just kind of like debunking the myth of, you know, like just just wanting it and you will have it right. Or, or, you know, just that, that, uh, people are born with it and, and, and that's it. Right. Is like, that's why I wanted to kind of find examples today that show how untrue that is. Right. Like you, you have a person that started that life, I believe in like Buffalo, New York, and then, you know, moved to, uh, Gary, Indiana, uh, for the majority of his, like, you know, the rest of his youth and his, is his high school life. You know, his, his stepfather was shot dead in his own home in Gary, Indiana. Uh, the, the, he's a, again, he's a black man and the Ku Klux Klan headquarters is, you know, within like pretty close range of Gary, Indiana. So back then you can just imagine what the lifestyle was, right? So how does this man turn into a man that is the only person to have ever done the Navy SEALs Hell Week three times in a year, right? How does he be the only person to have ever done uh, Navy SEALs like Delta and something else, right? Rangers in the in the U.S. Army training, like the only person to have ever done all of them. And then he started running 130 mile races and 100 mile races, and he ran a 100 mile race, never having even run a full marathon, and almost broke his entire body. So the 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 the, the, the lesson from David Goggins, right? Like the, the the biggest lesson from David Goggins in greatness leaving clues is he really believes in the, in the Buddhist uh, adage that, you know, all life is suffering. You know, he, he is to the extreme of believing that you must suffer if you want to succeed. Now, not everybody find like, like completely agrees with this view, the view, maybe more of the hardcores. He does have a big following, but like some do disagree that you don't have to be that militant. I fall in line with the Goggins approach, Luke, like, like to me, you know, anytime I've ever gotten anything worth, worth having in life, uh, it wasn't necessarily always fun and it wasn't necessarily always easy. Uh, but it just kind of, you know, came from persisting, not necessarily to the Goggins level. I mean, I've done a half Ironman. I do want to do a full, I'm not a runner's body, so I'm not going for ultras, but you know, I, I do want to do a full Ironman, but the clue there, right. The clue is just, you know, like dogged determination and persistence and pushing through pain, right? Pushing through the voice in your head that tries to stop you when discomfort is approaching, right? Like we all have those mechanisms that, you know, our evolutionary machinery tries to stop us when we get close to success, when we start getting into the unknown, even though it's potentially really good, mind's only job keep you safe, right? So like the Goggins model is that it doesn't really matter where you came from, right? You don't need to be silver spoon fed. It's just how hard are you willing to go every day? And the hard doesn't have to be physical. It can be mental exertion, but what are you willing to give in return for the greatness? Mm. Yeah, he's an incredible man. You know, listening to him and watching him on a number of different podcasts that I enjoy, certainly the message seems to be that he walks towards whatever the fear might exist within him so he is he is not one that sits there and thinks that he can mentally work himself out of a situation he will see the challenge that's in front of him and he'll take the physical act to head towards it so for example there was a story i can't remember who it was and he and they were doing all of these kind of tests you know knock oculus goggles and whatnot and they had these people within shark tanks and apparently he has fear of kind of sharks and they were saying to him okay you know who wants to do this this routine see how the brain kind of works and whatnot he was like i'll do it 
put me in with the sharks. And that was his just immediate move towards the things that was challenging and fearful for him. And I think that's a really, really powerful message is that often we shirk away from the things exactly what you're talking about. Our mind goes, hey, fight or flight, that whole piece, let's go away from it. And he's like, no, 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 I'm heading towards it. Because if I head towards that and beat that, then I'm one step closer to where I want to get to. And his training and his mindset is is absolutely incredible. But you made mention before, you know, very briefly about the triathlons and, and half Ironman. And I know the full Ironman is the goal. But how did you get into these and and what is that about? Can you share that? Uh, I actually didn't tell you this before you answered this question. Um, you might have a, a hint, but David Goggins. Uh, it was me and a couple of friends that decided to sign up for triathlon together. But it was uh, it was hearing David Goggins in uh, the first time I ever heard him on a podcast. Like somebody who like is like it's it's when you know. You know the concept that like you can hear something a thousand times, but it's until you're ready to hear it that it, it clicks, right? <laughs> and and uh, you know it's not like anything I heard him say was was revolutionary, but it was when I heard this guy who has won the Badwater race, right, the 135 mile race through Death Valley in like California. It's California, right? Like, yeah, anyways, yeah. it's it's arguably the hardest race on the planet, and he's won it and podiumed multiple times. Like to do it a second time, I don't understand why you'd want to do it a second time, but I heard him say, I hate running, right? Like I despise running and that's why I do it, right? Like I also hate brushing my teeth and eating too, but I want to be alive and I want my teeth, right? Yeah. So like, that's the point, you know what I mean? Like that's really the point. And until I understood that becoming an entrepreneur wasn't possible, you know what I mean? Like I was going to stay in my lane, playing it safe in corporate roles and just collect my paycheck and that was going to be it, right? So like, Goggins is one of those like, you know, indirect mentors in my life that like I, I signed up for, for the triathlon. It was weird. It was like a weird synchronicity. My friend said, do you want to do a triathlon two days after hearing the Goggins the podcast or something like that? And I answered yes without even hesitating. Right. And uh, it was uh, it was uh, glad I did because, you know, even though I'm holding off on the, tr the Ironman goal for, you know, until the kids are a little bit older, mm. that is going to happen. And I'm never going to stop doing these races because there's just something about it. You know, there's something about the competition being around all these other people, like the racing, other people trying to push themselves. It's just, it's infectious, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you forget that it's hard. Like when you're doing it, you almost forget that it's hard. So that's, that's kind of the why and the why will never stop. Tell me more. Talk, if that makes sense. Keep going. Talk, talk to me more about that. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, it's just kind of, uh, it's one of those things that I feel, I genuinely feel that like you, you whatever you stop using, you're, you're signaling to, to the world or, you know, the universe or whatever you want to call it, that you're ready to let go of it right? You're ready for it to atrophy. You're ready for things to slide. You're ready for old age. You know what I mean? I genuinely believe that because mm. why do people age at different rates? You know what I mean? Why do you look at somebody and you're like, wow, you know, they're, they're, you know, that person is like 60 and they look far older than my parents at 75. And it's not to be mean, but part of it is mindset. Part of it is what you believe. And part of it is how you behave. Right. And if you stop using your body and stop challenging yourself, like both, even though you can't see it mentally, both mentally and physically, once you stop challenging yourself, you are signaling to your body that you're okay with this turning to mush. You don't need it anymore for the hard stuff.
You know what I mean? And like, that's actually a big reason, like in children, the recovery mechanism is always active, right? Like children, like a scar heals almost at the same time it happened. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy, the, the metamorphosis and like the healing power of, of a child, like, and it, it stays that way, you know, through and then adolescence, and then it slowly reduces over time. So that's why exercise is so damn good for the human condition, because you are tapping into that recovery mechanism that is so abundant in your youth, right? By exercising and pushing your body past discomfort or tearing some muscle or doing whatever it might be, you are forcing your body back into that recovery mechanism that was organic in your youth. So you are signaling to your body, I'm not done yet. We're going to be around for a while, right? So like it is an act of self-love and like the psychological impacts of doing these things. That wasn't why I started doing triathlons, but like understanding more of the science, like I will never stop. I hate running too. It's awful. I'm six foot four, 215 pounds. I don't love running, but you know, I do it at least once a week to signal to my body that we're going to do things that suck. Because when we do things that suck or things that we don't like, you know, I didn't love meditating at first either. Stuck with that until it became something I could do, right? It's, it's, I think that, you know, it's about leaning into things that cause discomfort and getting comfortable with that discomfort. And then once you do, it's less intimidating taking on new things. So David Goggins in itself, really. And then and there's a lot to be said on how that impacts the mind as well. I know that you were talking about both there and specifically zoning in on the, the physical side of it, but there's nothing that says that we cannot continue to learn and expand our minds all the way through to whatever particular age. And, you know, there was that old adage that, you know, by the time you get to you know, your early 20s, you're kind of done and dusted. And that is just not the case. It's now proven that the mind continues to find, you know, different pathways as you continue to expand your repertoire into whatever particular age. And the people that are really cognizant all the way through to the very, very end continue to learn and, and challenge their, themselves mentally. And I think that's the key as well. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you 100%. It's, uh, you know, I think a question we would genuinely would, would be of service to every single person would be to ask themselves, like, what do they want their old age to be like? Because I, I don't think a lot of people, Luke, like ask themselves that question because it's in our DNA as humans to instantly gratify because throughout most of our history, it was beneficial to take what you could get when you could get it, right? Because you we didn't have this abundance of things in general, right? We are very lucky humans to be alive today. So our, our impulse is to instantly gratify. So, you know, that is kind of how we are programmed. So to look long-term and think, I'm going to be an old person one day, right? I'm going to be frail, right? I'm going to be, you know, fragile. I'm going to need people to look after me. Will I have that network? Will I have created that life of, of love and abundance, right? But like that instant gratification without understanding why it's harming you, again, I, I don't want to kind of like, you know, sound mean or say there's only one way, but like old age might not be that fun if you don't wake up and think and accept that like youth is going to escape me one day, you know, and like, it's time to start planning for how do I make that person, you know, like how, how do I, how do I, I strengthen that person? How do I, you know, make, get more, more joy out of the twilight? Yeah, well, you know, if you go back to what what we're talking about, which is this whole greatness leave clues, and that can that can take on many different shapes. And as we're in our twenties, our greatness or idea of greatness is very, very different to what it might be as we get into our forties and fifties, and then we start to get that glimpse of what old age could look like. So, if you are not having that 
that kind of vision, this is what I want my greatness to be when I'm a lot older, then you're not going to be setting yourself up in this present moment to get there exactly to your point. Like people just don't often think about it in that particular way and then wonder why when they get to that point in their life that things are not how they thought they might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, like, again, greatness leaving clues. The examples are endless. But before we got on this call, we talked about LeBron James, right? NBA basketball player. Uh, I don't, uh, again, I, I'm a Michael Jordan guy, so we're not going to get into who's the greatest. But I can't argue the effort this man puts in, right? Like, I, like athletics is always an easy example to, to talk about because you can literally see the physical output. But, you know, LeBron James, not every athlete, and I know he makes a lot, but a lot of athletes make comparable money. And he invests about a million and a half to $2 million on his body through personal trainers, chefs, even has a hyperbaric chamber in his home that he takes naps in. Uh, I mean, like we're we're talking about taking every possible, like that's what an investment in yourself is, right? Like LeBron James knew that he had a limited amount of time to be a professional athlete. And he decided from day one that he was going to give everything he had and invest everything he could in his body right what would you say the return on that has been luke oh he'll be a if he's not already then he'll be a billion dollar athlete at some stage or another and he is trying to get every drop out of what he's been naturally given from a genetical point of view he just he does all of these other things to say okay you know because every nba player has talent like there's no doubt about that they've all come from good systems they can all play but then when they start you know going further and further along then Sometimes it's not just about that natural talent. It's all of these other things that you put into it as well. You know, is it the time in the gym? Is it the recuperation afterwards? Is it watching film? Is it, you know, how do you study the opposition? It is, you know, how you're working on technique. And some of these guys, you know, they'll put up a thousand jumpers, jump shots in a day. And that's a lot to actually go, they're not just in there shooting shots. They're in there working on technique and form. If you're listening right now, just like put your arms up just a couple yeah. times without, without a ball and, you know, pretend jumping and doing that a thousand times and then going to play a game. A thousand times. Like, you know, they'll do, you know, some of them. And there's all kinds of stories and we really digress there a little bit. I know you're talking about LeBron, but there's some amazing stories that you, you hear about Kobe Bryant and he'd get up, you know, whatever time, five o'clock in the morning. I'm making that up, but it was a crazy kind of, you know, get to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. He'd do his session. And then by the time the rest of his teammates were coming in at whatever time that might have been, you know, call it nine o'clock, he's already been in there for hours. Sometimes, you know, they might find him in the car having a nap or whatever it was. Like there's all these crazy stories of these people just absolutely saying, yes, I might have this within me, but I'm going to do all of these other things to make sure that I just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing and don't get to the end and reflect back and say something else could have been if I'd put in the effort. Yeah. And uh, that, that's, a. I mean, I, I, I didn't love Kobe at the start of his career. And, and before this turns into a sports show, I'm going to segue yeah. with, with a question for you. <laughs> uh, but I, anybody listening, I did read Kobe's autobiography. And if you want to read a story about like somebody being misunderstood, but somebody never stopping and like always pushing themselves to greatness, uh, that that is something to read. You'll understand, you know, you'll, you'll get some clues. You'll get some serious clues on greatness if you read that book. Uh, but speaking of tiny habits, uh, Luke, you're a BJ Fogg fan. Uh, you're a big habits guy, like I big am. habits guy, right? So uh, he wrote the book, Tiny Habits, uh, you know, and it says that uh, design your life, 
to minimize reliance on willpower. Uh, why do you like his work, Luke? What's uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to get into a little BJ Fogg, but I've never heard of BJ Fogg. So yeah, I, I, I love him. I shouldn't say, I kind of say that a bit tongue in cheek for people that can't, can't say, I just, I really enjoy what he does because it's really simplistic way. And he talks about behavior design happens when three things. So you can either have an epiphany in life, you can redesign your environment or you can create tiny habits to get you there along the way. So he says that all of these three, three things can make you start to change your behavior. And how do habits form? It's when prompt, ability, motivation come together. And there's a fourth one that I've kind of found along the way from listening to other people that he doesn't talk too much about, and it's reward system. So going back into this minimizing reliance on willpower, that's the whole point for him. Prompt, ability, motivation, and rewards. When you have those four things coming together, then it's not just about always the grit and the grind and the willpower. It's about, I can see this. I've been reminded to do it. I've got the ability to do it. I've found the internal motivation, sometimes external motivation for families. And here's my reward system as well. So that kind of, if you talk about, you know, greatness and if you talk about athletes, they have all of these things at their disposal, right? They have the prompt, the ability, the motivation, and the reward to do it. And sometimes the reward is championships. Sometimes the motivation is family coming from a tough situation to do that. And then, you know, why do sometimes they then start to fall away from greatness? Because maybe that motivation isn't there. Maybe that ability has dropped away over time. But he's fantastic. I recommend to anybody that hasn't listened to his um, any of his kind of whether it's podcasts or listening to his tiny habit or reading his tiny habit books. He's got a couple to to get hold of it. Simplistic stuff. Is he? Is he? A, is he a, he's a modern times guy. Like he's. Yeah, he's, he's a modern times guy. He's a um, behavior scientist. I think at Stanford University. Um, oh, okay. Over in the state. So um, yeah, he is. He's fantastic. I don't know how active he is right now. To be quite honest, I haven't seen too much of late, but haven't been searching for it. Quite Probably enjoying his life, Luke. He 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 understands that uh, you know, like it, with greatness, like you've got to decompress. Well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he, he also talks about find the natural time where things can fit in your routine to have these habits as well. And he talks a lot around his fitness, and I believe he lives in Malibu or at least time, part of the year and maybe Hawaii or something like that. But the things that he tries to implement, it's about finding those natural times in the day. And he shares a story of he would go to the bathroom and each time he'd go to the bathroom, he'd do push-ups. So that was kind of the way he'd connect to things. And that was his form of, you know, being healthy and fit and, you know, building on those habits to lead to what he was saying was greatness or what he wanted to achieve. So it doesn't always need to be hard. And I, and I think that's where people sometimes, um, you know, trip it up. And I know you've got some great thoughts on that is that they think things are just so, so hard to get to where they want to get to. And it's about breaking it down and just going bang, 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 bang. Well, 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 they was, was me, Luke, like case in point, like they was me, right? Like I've, I've, I've had to do more than one 180 in my life. Right. But like all throughout my twenties, that's why I chose the bottle. Right. And like, again, like I don't, I don't shy away from my alcoholic story anymore. It's like, it's like case in point, because if I can help anybody with it, I want to, right. Because like, I want to, I want to, I want to help anybody like prevent a decade or more of like discomfort and like the thing is like there's so many people in the rooms that I, that I went into recovery with that had such longer time than me like like getting out at 30 I was still lucky right mm. but like my belief like my, my 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 systems my habits like my understanding like I didn't have any of it I didn't know where to go right and it's like uh 
it, 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 it can be reshaped, right? Like it, it, it can be reshaped and it, it, it's just about, you know, like the, the old coach of the Toronto Raptors had a saying that I loved, right? Just like pound the rock, just pound the rock to get better. Right. And it's the same kind of thing as like, just keep hammering the stone, right? Keep hammering the stone. And then eventually you have, you know, a beautiful polished, uh, you know, like spheres mm. like that. Right. So it, it's, uh, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, I'm so happy I, I got onto the, 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 the habits piece because one thing I want to say here that I think is very important that stumped me for, for, for a lot of my life as I started to read, you know, because I've said this before, but when I first went into recovery, my mind was blown as to how one week ago I, I couldn't walk past the drink. I couldn't walk past a liquor store. I was an absolute mess of a human. And this week I'm not interested at all. I just want to go back to another meeting and be around other people that like are in this place that I desperately want to get to. And my mind instantly was fascinated with habit change. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, since then I've been, I just read a book and I tried to apply it exactly as the author said. Then I read another book and I tried to apply that exactly as the author said. And that really stumped me. And I'm curious to hear your, your, your opinion on that. But I spent a lot of years voraciously reading and like just kind of, you know, trying to kind of like do the things that I read in that book when I got a little bit of motivation, but I'm not that author and not that author's entire program might necessarily apply to me. And once I kind of switched that to be like, I don't need to take everything in this book, but I'm just going to take the bits and pieces that kind of like work with me and like who I am and just keep tailoring my own recipe, right. To like eventually greatness. And I believe it will lead to greatness. I refuse to believe anything else. Uh, you know, but like, that is something that tripped me up for a long time. And I, I'm curious to hear your stance on that, right? Like once I stopped trying to do something exactly the way it was being recommended and started putting my own spin on it and, you know, really figure out like what vibe with me, like what made me feel alive, that's when things really started to change. I think it's critical. And that is what impacts so, so many people is that they are looking or comparing themselves with other people. And sometimes it is from the self-help stuff or it might be people within their community and kind of saying well i've read this book but it's not it's not working for me or why can't i be that pissed off or discouraged or pissed off discouraged and then they kind of quit it's when people really start to dig in and understand okay well this this is my backstory and then they start to get into that whole reason on you know who they are and what they want and why those things are important then all of a sudden those things start to click a little bit more versus trying to look at this through the lens of a particular author at the exact same way as that particular author was doing it because you you, you can't. Like nope. you need to find the things that resonate with you. You need to find the things that are going to enable you to emotionally connect with what you're trying to achieve. You can't emotionally connect all of the time to everything that a particular author says or very, very rarely. Like our lives just don't work that way. So don't try to. Find the things that work for you. Apply it to your your life and the way you are and how you want to go forward and, and take it from there. Um, and... And I think that's part of just letting go and accepting a little bit more. This is who I am. This is what's going on. That's my story. And this is how I move forward versus hmm. I need to read that and do exactly what that person's saying. And, and I think this is a good time to kind of expand because you talked about, you know, BJ Fogg and, and, and tiny habits. And like, obviously we, we get our tools, you know, we, we develop some of our own through trial and error and we, we get some of our tools from other experts because why in the hell would you not utilize other experts 
tools that like have have gotten very very solid results with your clients right like Absolutely. the goal is to have your clients lives catch on fire in a good way right so Absolutely. but how do you how do you incorporate that like what's your process right like the 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 bj fogg's book tiny habits is obviously you know like a big a big impact mm-hmm. uh you know explain to us more detail you know where like you know where the tiny habits focus came from and how do you how do you work that in with how do clients? i do it Okay, so I'll, t- I'll talk to you really briefly what I do. So very early on with clients, like the first few weeks, I'm asking clients to spend all of their time on clarity for themselves. So I get them to do a thing called Thrive, Survive and Crash Dive. I'm not sure if we've spoken about that before on the on the podcast. So I ask them over a number of weeks to look at the things in life that make them thrive. Great energy. This is what life's about. Amazing, incredible. What are the things are surviving? So I just need these to exist in my life. Some people say it's a relationship. Some people say it might be going to the gym or eating healthy and then what are the things that are crash diving in their life so take away the time opportunity and energy to do the good things for them so once they start to have all of those things really clear in their mind i ask them then to say okay what is a headline statement that you are looking to create with our time together so what is it about is it about living life in a compassionate and giving way is it a style of how you want to be as a parent like what are the things that we're working on once we're clear on that powerful reason on this is why I'm here. This is who I am. This is what goes on in life. This is why I'm here. Once they're clear on that, I then ask them to start to form habits. I get them to do an exercise. Create five easy-to-do habits that lead you to your headline statement, three medium-to-do habits that lead you there, and two hard-to-do habits that lead you there. Then over the course of five or six weeks, I get them to create and implement all of these habits, like week after week after week, depending on how successful they're feeling. So at the end of those five or six weeks, they've got a, a 10 new powerful habits that are doable because they've created them, not me, that are leading them to their headline statement. And why this works is because they get the opportunity to, um, you know, to celebrate their success along the way. I ask them to do that with the journaling work they do. So that starts to release, you know, chemicals in them. I ask them to share happiness with people around them. And then that starts to lock things in as well. And because they've done this thrive, survive, crash, dive, they can see the times where these habits can also fit into their life naturally. And, you know, that's kind of what I do in a you know, hopefully a minute or two have shared what I do with clients around using tiny, powerful habits to lead you to where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And that's science backed too. Uh, it's, that's, that's definitely why you're having success with your clients and having your best coaching month ever, because you know, that's, that's science backed, right? It's building and it's just correct. At the end of the day, I don't know why I keep forgetting to have a mirror next to me when we do these, but that's what coaching is, right? Like you're just, you're holding up a mirror and, you know, like, again, you want greatness leaves clues. I'm going to reference Brandon Bouchard's high performance habits, uh, where clarity is the number one high performance habit, right? Mm-hmm. High achievers, high performers have an immense amount of clarity. Now, we, this subject comes up again and again on our show, but, you know, clarity, right? Why is, why is clarity like a, a high performance indicator? And to somebody like, I guess, Luke, I want to go beyond this, right? And just kind of saying that it is a high performance, uh, you know, indicator. Cause I'm thinking like a listener, like if I didn't understand this yet, if I'm thinking about myself 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Like still, uh, kind of like in my alcoholic stupor or just thinking about anybody who's underachieving, right. Um, how do, how do they hear that and have it not piss them off? Like, yeah, okay. Clarity. I get it. But like, you know, how does somebody who's like thinking that, 
maybe they can do better. Maybe life can be better, but you know, how do you get them to understand that clarity piece and the importance of like reflection and getting clear on, first of all, like what makes you happy and what doesn't, you know, let's start with the, the basics, right? But like, you know, the high achievers, the very common denominator and the incredibly high achieving uh, people is clarity. They go back to it often. They don't just set goals and never look at them again, right? Like everything awesome. is a process. Everything Absolutely. is a process. And they'll crystal clear on what they want to achieve, vacation spots, where they want to go, people they want to work with. Like it's always on the board and they're evaluating and then reevaluating. And some people think it's more work, but like that level of organization and clarity actually gives you more time back because you can also schedule in fun time and free time. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I think it's a starting point and it's crucial, but you know, how do you get somebody to understand that Luke? Well, the, what I've learned from being around some really successful people, like high net worth individuals is they look at it. It's also part of a failure piece. Like they will say fail fast, like give it a go, have clarity. What is working for me in this particular environment? How do I understand that? How do I dig into it? And if it's not working, then I'm failing fast. And, and that's kind of part of this kind of trial and error piece that I think a lot of people just don't want to do. They are afraid of failing. They will absolutely deliberately not give things a go because they're worried about how they're going to look to other people, you know, how they look in front of their family and friends. And that is a real challenge. So for me, it's fail fast, give it a go, have clarity and be honest. Like, why are you doing this? Why is it not working? Why are you where you are right now versus where you think you would like to get to? And then you can start to go, okay, well, what are the steps going to, to get there? Um, and, you know, until you wake up to what's going on in your life, then you're not going to make changes. I, I didn't wake up to what was going on for many, many years until it was an absolute shit show and, and you know, and I was at the point of just falling apart because I just thought the things that I was doing was leading me in the direction I wanted to go in. And it wasn't, you know, there was some great things that were going on that, that enabled me to do great jobs and make a lot of money and, and all this stuff, not a lot of money, but, you know, comfortable money. But there was all these other habits and behaviors that were just poor. And um, until I had clarity and woke up to it and really looked at myself, I would have just kept on doing it. So, and clarity is, is key. You cannot go anywhere or make changes without it. It is just, just impossible if you're not honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look at like my life, pre-30s, post-30s. One had clarity, one didn't, right? And like, the, the, like knowing what I wanted and like finally starting to have some self-dialogue and like allow myself to want things and not think money was evil uh, allowed things to start happening, right? So like without clarity, like that was step number one, nothing happens. But, and that is a greatness clue, right? That is also a greatness clue is like, get clear, journal, do whatever you can to get the thoughts from being a jumbled mess in here yeah. to getting out and being on the page, right? It's an incredibly cathartic process. And there's a word for it when you write, I can't think of it, but it, like the process that's happening in the mind, it's going to bug me, but it's a scientific term, but it, it's genuinely like the, the, any process of slowing things down and getting clearer with your thoughts and having convo with yourself is an incredibly cathartic and soothing process. And there's a yes. reason that incredibly successful people do this and yes. that it's correlated between the thousands of people that are high achievers that they interviewed that clarity was number one. So, yes. I mean, 
hard to argue that, right? But- Could not agree more. Absolutely. But if, if there's one thing, buy yourself a journal, take the opportunity to dig into what is going on in your mind. Sean, uh, I know that we've just spoke about some like incredible people that have inspired us or impacted our lives, but I know you are a, a big fan of this particular take, and this quote is from, from Will Smith, and it says, Greatness is not this wonderful, esoteric, elusive, godlike feature that only the special among us will ever taste. It's something that truly exists in all of us. It's very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it, period. It's that simple. Um, yeah, I love Will Smith. I absolutely love Will Smith. I think he's a phenomenal human being and, uh, you know, like he's an open book. Uh, there, there, there's very little not to like about Will Smith. Uh, you know, but going from like a goofy kid that did not have a silver spoon upbringing <laughs> to, you know, becoming one of the most famous celebrities in Hollywood and, you know, just like a genuine good person, uh, he, there's, there's, he, he went on a, a spree there a couple of years ago where like he was just blowing up the internet with a lot of like viral, like, you know, motivation and self-love and all of these different things. And this, this quote, just like it, it jumped out at me. Like I heard this when I needed to hear it, same kind of concept. And th- there's other quotes that he said where he's like, you just have to believe and then just, just do right. Like he's got another quote where, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's something along the lines of there's this common, and again, clues of greatness, right? He's like, there's this common thread that all like really successful people have. And that's a borderline delusional belief that everything is going to work out in their favor, right? I know that's not this quote, they all have power, but like really think about that right? Like really think about what that, like the simplicity of like what that quote means Hmm. is that if you're not where you think you should be yet, where are your beliefs at? You Hmm. know what I mean? Like to what level do you believe it's possible for you? Right? Like I, I just got into some interesting studies on beliefs, you know, separate to this Hmm. and actually was working on a post today. I didn't get it finished before, you know, we got this episode up, but you know, it's like finish this sentence, for example, right? Money is the root of all Evil. Now, <laughs> right? Like there's a lot of people that finish that sentence only one way, you know, yeah. that like grew up hearing things like money doesn't grow on trees. You know what I mean? Like unfortunate inception that came from loved ones that formed the beliefs of those people that, you know, money was hard to come by, uh, you know, like, like money's like limited, like, you know, they just don't have a good relationship with money. Right. And yes. if that's what you believe, it, it, it's, it, it's unfortunately going to come true. Right. And, and, and the, the simplicity in that message and the simplicity in this message is it, it is simple. It really is that simple. Are you willing to believe, are you willing to believe to a level that will allow you to keep showing up even when things are not going very well? And are you willing to believe enough to push through those moments and like push through the discomfort, you know, and then, and you know, that's what it is, right? Like it, it's the lack of belief and the fear that, keeps a lot of people from pushing through. And another thing this man said that I love is, you know, like the, like some of the greatest things in life are directly on the other side of fear, you know? So, so, so if you allow yourself to wrestle with fear, right. To wrestle with what makes you uncomfortable and actually push through to the other side of that enough times, first of all, your comfort zone gets a lot bigger and life gets a lot more interesting. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that goes back to the Goggin stuff that we're talking about. And it's not just just a David thing. It's many other people like, you know, walk towards your fear. Don't sit on your couch trying to talk yourself through this. Like get up, take that immediate physical action and get going. Because when you make action, then your emotions will follow that. It's not about sitting there and going, okay, I'm going to thought, think my way through it. Physically move. Like get up and go towards it. Like that's the key here. Like that's what this is about. Like all of these things are about creating actions to head towards your greatness. And often that is physically doing something, writing it down, creating a plan, picking up the phone and speaking to an expert within it, it's finding something on the internet, like whatever it might be, go towards it. Like, and when you're talking and then about pound your, the rock and just well, and, and, but pound the rocks, pound the rock until it breaks. Yeah. Like, just keep on going. It's like, it's like Stephen breaks. Covey says, right? Sharpen the saw. Always sharpen the saw. Yeah. You know? When when you were talking about beliefs, it's Marie Folio that says our, our beliefs create our thoughts and our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings create our actions and our actions create our results, something along those lines. And when we- I think you nailed it, actually. When we can control our beliefs, everything, everything changes for us. And again- the belief is not necessarily just sitting there and doing nothing about it. It's going back to the clarity. It's the writing and it's the the making impact on the back of it. So I think what you were talking about there with beliefs is just absolutely critical to get a handle on it if you want to make change and have a level of greatness. Level of greatness doesn't necessarily mean that you're an NBA champion. Your level of greatness might be to be an absolutely amazing parent. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Go. Yeah, like get out of the comparison game and just figure out what you want to be great at, you know, and like get after it, right? And like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, again, man, greatness does leave clues. Just get out there and just like, you know, read the story of anybody who's achieved anything. And, you know, you're going to see a very different take than the, the, the natural talent myth that you may or may not have, have had. I did, right? Like, that's kind of why, like, I, I, I like debunking that myth is that I did believe that for a while. Natural talent could never have done it. But, you know, I'm a BC boy here in Canada. Steve Nash, two-time MVP in the NBA. Right. Absolutely not the most athletic specimen in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. But he got every single ounce of talent out of his body with effort and sheer determination and will, right? Yeah. Well, you know, going, you're a Jordan man. I know that and I didn't want to get back into the sports, but they said that Michael Jordan was the most motivated, supremely gifted athlete that they had seen. And that was the motivated part because there is that old story that he didn't make his high school basketball team and all this kind of stuff. And there were failings early on when the Pistons kept on beating him, but he kept on working and working and working and, you know, pushed himself through whatever method, you know, some people might not. You might not agree. You might not agree with like how he pushed his teammates and his teammates have mixed messages about him, but they're all grateful that they played with him. Well, they they wouldn't have been a champion without him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, right? Like there's another thing again that Goggin says, and, uh, you know, then I'm going to ask then we're going to get into the kids segment here, but you know, uh, like Goggins says that, uh, you know, to, 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 to succeed, you know, you, you 
have to suffer. And that if you want to be med- mediocre, then don't make waves, right? Because you're competing with the largest talent pool on the planet, right? So if you want to be mediocre, don't make waves. But if you want greatness, get ready to make a large wake and have people get caught in your waves and get pissed off and, and, and you know, have a lot of comments and, and have a lot of things to say. Because what is very true, what is always true is that the people making noise, the people talking all of the noise and the garbage, they're not in front of you. They're behind you, right? Because somebody in front of you has no interest in kind of looking back and and slandering you or talking about what you're not doing right because you're too focused on being in front of that person and moving forward and helping others move forward, right? Like if you're you're sitting there, you know, on the keyboard and, and just like, in this, like, like this, this, like so comfortable just being like a tough guy, you know, behind your keyboard and telling everybody why they're wrong in so many ways, well then go and do it, go and do it then, you know, like it's not that easy. So that is one thing that if you want to commit to like jumping out and like really going after greatness, you're going to piss some people off. You're going to have some people, you know, like come out of the cheap seats and, and, and be haters. So, you know, that's something that is just, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's a byproduct of the more that you achieve. Yeah. And then, then that goes back into the old adage that don't find your gratification from all of these other people, you know, stick to what your greatness is, why you're there, what you're looking to achieve, what's important to you and don't tie it to any of this external stuff. Cause that's, that's playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no external. It's 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 an inside job. It's an inside job. Uh, okay, so kids now, right? Greatness, like you know, how do you raise your kids? How much pressure do you put on them? Right? Like, I don't have the answers, but you know, for you, would you connect their achievement to greatness and being proud of your kids together? Is it this? Is it is it one and the same? I I reflect back on on a moment when. I didn't do well at school in high school or something like that. And my dad kind of said to me, oh, you know, I can't talk about you to other men at the pub because I'm not proud of you and your achievements at school. And that, well, it's clearly stuck to me until this point in time because I'm bringing up now, that did not offer one ounce of motivation for me at that point in time in regards to connecting him being proud with a level of whatever his perception of greatness or achievement was. And so for me, and the story that I have from myself is that, no, I won't be connecting being proud of my child with them achieving whatever level of, is it an A plus or, you know, winning the basketball game or whatever it is. I think and I think about this a lot, and I don't know if it's correct, but does that matter? I think my level of I'm proud of you will be when I can look at my kid and they can look at me and say, I've given everything that I could to that. I've tried and maybe I failed and maybe I don't like it now, but I've given it a, given it a go. I've tried as best I can. And dad, that's, that's where I'm at. And I'll go, okay, I'm proud of you doesn't matter if you failed, you've given it a go. And most people wouldn't do that. And I, and I think that's the angle, not the angle because it's not a play, but I think that's just how, how I want it to be. I think that's the conversation I want to have with my kids is that as long as you're giving it a go, as long as you've said that you've tried, as long as you've, you've given it your best and then whatever happens on the back of it, I'll be okay with. I'll be proud of that. Mm. Yeah. No, I, yes. 
Yes, I, I, I agree with you because it's not it's not our life, right? And I think we we, we lose sight of that a lot, right? Like we're raising is almost like the 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 wrong word, you know? Like we you 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 raise cattle, you know what I mean? Like you know, it, it's uh, and it, not not that you just said it. I just I thought of this before, and uh, you know, it's like I. The only thing, the only thing that is important to me is, is, is just kind of like work ethic and how you treat other people. Right. Uh, you know, if, 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 if my kids have strong work ethic and, uh, you know, treat other people well and understand that like happiness, joy, fulfillment are an inside job, then I'm good. Right. Like determine your own success, right. Determine what success means to you. Uh, but I'm not going to live through my kids. I refuse to, right. My parents didn't live through me and, uh, I'm, I'm not going to live through my kids. No. And, and I don't think you can hold, uh, hold them up to this crazy ideal that everything needs to be perfect. And, you know, kind of when I was saying before to be proud that they've put the effort in, but it's also, you know, realizing where things are, they need to go. This is not for me. Okay, I'm okay with this. This just not being for me. I'm going to do the things and focus my time and energy, as in the child, focusing their time and energy on doing the things that will lead to their greatness at whatever age that starts to resonate. Because it's not about saying I need to do everything at max energy and effort all of the time when this is just not on my path. And I think that's you know I think that's something to be mindful of too. But I'll ask you, so Sean, with our kids growing up in a world that doesn't much resemble the one that we grew up in, absolutely, um, how will we help your kids find their passions so they can focus on one day achieving greatness? Um, that, I, I love this question. and uh, Awesome question. I, I, should, I should finish by saying that like, them achieving greatness is, is not a prerequisite for me, right? Like, like whether they achieve like greatness uh, or, or not uh, will not, you know, change kind of how I see them in my life. It's like if they can say before I leave this earth that they are fulfilled, like that is what matters more to me, right? That like, that like they, like, like that joy or like feeling happy is not a result of anything external or like chasing anything right outside of themselves. Uh, you know, that will, that will be to me, like the, 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 the mark of greatness, but what I mean with the, the passions piece, right. Is how will I help them find their passions is nobody's perfect. Right. And like, you know, my parents were the most loving parents you could ask for, right. They had, they, they had sometimes, you know, butted heads and didn't have the, the best ways of communicating with each other, but, you know, because of their, because of how they grew up, they, 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 they did very well, like both physiotherapists, like they lived very amazing lives and gave me every possible opportunity, but you know, it took me a while to get going, not because of anything they did intentionally, but mm. how they grew up with money. Mm. There was really like a money super hard to come by mentality, right? Like, so like the, 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 the money doesn't grow on trees thing. They'd be careful, like really question every purchase. And like pragmatism is good to a degree. Right. But I was, I was really told to like, you know, fear money and like, the, the, like, the, like you got to be careful with money. You really got to plan. Like, and I just, I just remember coming away with this, like money, like, I just don't like money. Like money just doesn't sound mm. fun. And that was a belief that I had to get past. Right. Cause I started making more and more money in my career but it all went into lifestyle, right? And I didn't have any more to, 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 to save because I didn't ever get interested in the topic or like grow up with, uh, the, you know, I got taught to, that it was pragmatic to, to save, but never any how-tos, right? Never any lessons, never this is how you be an entrepreneur. And, yeah. you know, that's fine, right? Like I still had a an amazing childhood. And then on the other side, you know, I had 
you know, my mom, who, because it was her view and she was trying to protect her son, there was a lot of, we'll be careful because that's really hard. And if that doesn't work out, you want to have a plan B. So unknowingly, I was always getting the, you know, like have a, have a backup plan instead of, I like that. What can you do to get there? Right? Like you're passionate about this. So what can we do to cultivate that? And I've, I've, I've let go of any and all resentment. You know, I don't hold any, uh, I recognize it now and I needed to recognize those patterns to break free and like become an entrepreneur and become a, you know, well, semi-successful investor on my way to becoming a very successful investor. But, uh, you know, I, I was blocked, right. Those blocks were in there and I'm very aware of that. Right. I don't hold grudges against my parents. I've taken a long route on this question here, but that's what I mean by finding their passions. When I start Mm -hmm. to hear the clues that they give me that they're passionate about things, I'm going to help them explore that to the end of the earth if it's necessary. And I'm also going to teach them that it's possible, but it's going to be effing hard, right? Because anything worth having is hard. It is possible. Are you willing to put in the work? I'm here with you. You know, I can help you wherever you need, but it's got to go. It's got to come through you. Right. And that's how I want to parent because I want to, I want to learn from like, because parenting's tough, right? Nobody does it perfect. But I think what we should be doing is looking at you know, what did our parents do? What did they get right? What did they get wrong? How can I improve? And no matter how hard we try, we're going to screw some things up anyways, right? So it's just about trying to, you know, like improve it as we go, right? Improve the model, right? And 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 give our kids a better chance and not a better chance just by supporting them financially, but by the right mix of having them have to work hard and not just get everything they want all the time, right? Because that also sends the wrong message. So I just realized how hard my next 20 years are going to be. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few, there's a lot of nuggets of gold in there. And I think certainly, you know, we can't blame our parents in their mind. I'm sure they thought they were doing the best thing that they could, whatever that actually looked like. And there's a challenge there. I think the challenge also with the education system that we have at the moment is it is so short and sharp with what kids are taught and they don't have the opportunity to deep dive into things that they are passionate about. And that's the job, as as you said, for us as parents to go, this is where their passion lies. Let's go into that to see whether or not that is something that should be you know, long-term for them and how much they really, really enjoy it. They just don't get that in the education system for for most part. But maybe that's another topic altogether. So let's, let's start to bring this thing to a close. I know that we're heading around the hour mark. So, Sean, as you've now pushed through more than a year um, of this technically unemployed, self-employed, how important has it been for you to have a clear understanding how much work it takes to achieve any level of greatness? And I know that you were starting to touch on it then, but just really... Give us some gold to take us home. Yeah, no, I, again, man, it's 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 been a big transformation, right? And that's why I like to help clients that you know are, are kind of in need of a transformation. You know what I mean? Like yes. like in need of of you know a little bit of reprogramming, a little bit of a reboot, right? And and uh, get out of old beliefs because like I've had to get out of of alcoholism, shitty beliefs, horrible habits, mountains of debt. Uh, you know, and, and it, it's been, it's been a grind, man. It hasn't always been fun. Right. But like doing this research, like becoming a voracious reader, becoming curious and how habits work, like that was step one. And man, did I have a lot of work to do, right. To become a, a genuine contributing member of society, but really understanding that like, okay, 
nobody's coming to hand me or uh, like nobody's coming to hand me a handout or like give me any charity or or anything like that. Like, frankly, nobody cares. And, and that's OK. Right. Like you, you go through your teens thinking everybody's thinking about you all the time. You go through your 20s thinking, you know, you're in, you're, you're you're invincible and like making the things important that are really trivial. Your 30s, you start realizing, you know, that people weren't actually thinking about you that much. And then your 40s and beyond, you realize they were never actually thinking about me. So let's just do this thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, you know, knowing that, like really understanding like how like, like the, the success path for certain people, you know, like reading Kobe Bryant's autobiography, uh, like getting into the autobiographies for a while and like understanding how some people that when you only see the end result of it, you think, man, they're so lucky. Right. But then you start reading some of the stories of some of these people and what they've achieved. And you're like, okay, all right, I get it. Let's do this. doesn't matter how long it takes. Let's do this. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people see when the, when the show lights are on, on center court and they don't see all the other stuff that's happened to lead them to that point in time. You know, they, they are caught up in the fairy tale of this is just easy and it's not. And anything you wish to achieve, anything that you wish to achieve that is important um, is going to come with some challenge. That is just the nature of it. Mm-hmm. And I want to finish with this, Luke, because I just thought of it. But Brian Tracy uh, he has a quote where, you know, uh, you know, doing what is easy leads to a hard life. Doing what is hard leads to an easy life. Absolutely. Right? So lean into that. Right. There's another greatness clue. Hugely, immensely successful entrepreneur and self-help guy, Brian Tracy. He's getting older in the years now, but I've read some of his books and they're phenomenal. But, uh, you know, again, we've tried to leave you with as many clues as we can on on greatness today and like different examples, our own, our kids and like a lot of, of different people look into some of the books we mentioned because there's some power there. But, you know, really, at the end of the day that this episode to me was about, you know, exactly that right like just debunking the myth of natural talent and like hopefully hopefully inspiring a person or two to like you know what i'm gonna start i'm gonna start thinking about another project i can take on or i'm gonna think about that second act i was putting off you know or i'm gonna i'm gonna think about maybe starting a business or just starting a side hustle because like why not you know if any other humans do it then so can i and just step one step one absolutely you hit the nail on the head well why not you if you're sitting there listening to that at home right now, well, why not you? Why can't you be that person that does absolutely amazing things in your life, whatever that might be? Mm-hmm. Well, will that, you know, thank you, everyone. Um, if you can, if you've enjoyed it, uh, like, share, subscribe, hit that subscribe button. We'll see you in a few weeks for the next episode. But be safe, be present, be you. And as always, please be fulfilled. Awesome. Bye for now.